Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we pray that you will awaken us a sense of awe and wonder at your acts from heaven to earth and enable us to enter into your story afresh. In Jesus' name, amen. It's 2.30 in the afternoon on Christmas Day and there's a knock on your door. A suited policeman arrives and says that there is something about to happen in your house if you'll allow him to come in. You open the door, and you see behind him is a, a large limousine car. And in the back of the car is someone that you recognize well from the TV screens, a woman of great report. It's not the Prime Minister, it's Her Majesty the Queen. And she's decided this year that they need to redo the live broadcast of the Queen's speech live and from your property. And is it okay if she comes in, please? She wants to use a humble, normal Chiswick home as the, uh, the, the <laughs> occasion for her sermon. In comes Her Majesty the Queen, and she delivers an address to you there in your front room. And the nation watch in awe as this wonderful lady uh, tells them about the Lord Jesus Christ and the meaning of Christmas afresh in her brief address. Of course, it's unlikely to happen because I'm sure it was recorded weeks and weeks ago and always uh, in, in a more salubrious setting. And besides, I think she's in Scotland, isn't she, for the festive uh, period. Um, but how would it feel to see the Queen's speech live and in your living room as opposed to on the TV in, 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 your, in your front room, maybe, or on the radio. My grandfather was the generation who would always stand up for the Queen's speech. I don't know if, uh, if any of you recall uh, that, sort of, uh, that sort of behavior. And we, we still watch it to this day. I've always been struck by uh, the wonderful words of faith that come out of her mouth. The most famous speech is the one where she used the Latin phrase Annus Horribilis to describe the, the horrific year that she had a number of years ago now. But time and time again, she points the nation back to her faith, the faith of her church, the faith in Jesus Christ. And it is a wonderful thing, a wonderful part of our tradition and culture to have this incredible woman announcing faith for others to see. What would it be like to be that close to the action of that very famous moment of television? if it happened in your home. The Christmas story, I guess, can feel as removed as uh, the front room in a palace where a recording of, of a Queen's speech can be happening. We have here an also very brief speech, but from a, an equally famous woman, Mary, the mother of Jesus. Incredibly famous words put to all sorts of music, my soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit doth rejoice in God my Savior. He's been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. If ever there was a, an accurate prophetic picture, <laughs> from now on, all generations will call me blessed. The collect for the fourth Sunday in Advent refers to the Blessed Virgin Mary. And in fact, BVM is a shorthand for Mary in, across the Catholic traditions. All generations will call me blessed. Well, absolutely, you were right. And was she right about anything else? Well, let's see, look how it carries on. The mighty one has done great things for me. 
On the one hand, yes, and on the other hand, if that's the definition of great, it's not necessarily what we're all aiming for in life, is it? The mighty one effectively gets her pregnant as a single mother, sends her on a journey of peril. She ends up becoming a refugee, and she watches her very beloved son die a fairly early breath. What is it to be blessed then? What is it to have great things done for you? What is it that you should pray for if you want to pray like Mary prays? I guess the most natural prayers are for comfort and ease. Uh, I can remember being in a, a church where we were um, in the last throes of that church's existence. There were 18 people left there on a Sunday morning. And uh, there were a number of people there who, in their, I guess, 70s and 80s, had got into the mentality, well, as long as it still looks like this for my funeral, <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> the thing they wanted to hold on to was what they had, the status quo. No change, please. Just as long as it stays like this, that will be blessed for me. Of course, Mary doesn't get that. She gets radical transformation. But she's younger. Maybe she can cope with it more easily. Yeah, but what does it look like to be blessed? His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He's performed mighty deeds and scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts and brought rulers from their thrones but lifted up the humble. It's an incredible upside-downness to this little Queen's speech from Mary, isn't it? The humble are lifted up and the, the proud are scattered. Those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. It's one thing to be proud publicly, isn't it? You, we can all talk about a proud person and they, they have that strong outer face. You know, they, they're not going to accept charity. They're not going to accept help. But you can also be proud, Mary suggests, in your inmost thoughts. It sort of suggests that outwardly you can look quite malleable, quite humble. <laughs> outwardly you can look like, oh, I'll do anything for anyone. But on the inside, there's this thing where you're like, my way. I've got it right. Don't mess with me. And that's complicated, isn't it? It's very hard to examine your own heart and know where you are on that spectrum. Famously, there's a, there's a theater tool called the Jahari window. It's a little square. And the square is divided into four mini-squares. And uh, many of you know this, but one of the squares is what you know about yourself and what other people know about you. Another one of the squares is what you don't know about yourself, but everyone else knows about you. Um, like if you're preaching a sermon and you haven't done your trousers up properly, that, that, that sort of level of revelation. You're, you're checked, it's all right. <laughs> uh, another one is what you know, but you've kept private and other people don't know. And the final square is the one that you don't know about yourself and no one else knows, only God knows. And the idea of the Jahari window is that your inmost thoughts need to become more shareable, um, at least with someone, so that you can find out who you are. And you need to learn and listen to other people, what they know about you, so that you can learn who you are more as well. Our inmost thoughts may be very proud, even if Outwardly, they present as humble. I guess my dear friends at St. John's in the square, Wolverhampton, were, were probably proud in their inmost thoughts. We've had it like this. 
for so long. We'll keep it like this. They were proud of their church. They didn't want it to be wrecked or ruined or changed, even if that meant taking the ship down with them. Proud in their inmost thoughts. And it says he's brought down rulers from their thrones, but lifted up the humble. He's filled the rich with good things, but sent the rich away empty. He's helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. It's interesting how a moment can change history. If you'd followed the history of Israel up to the point of Mary, you would have a a story of occupation, of invasion, of a national history gone very badly wrong, really for 700 years now. Babylonians, Assyrians, Medes, Persians, Greeks, uh, Antipas and the Romans smashing into this small people Israel. It's hard to say, oh, it just looks like the blessings of Abraham are being poured out on us down these 700 years. But Mary's able to say, regardless of what's happened these last decades, this moment changes everything. And I guess that's been the testimony of many people who've come to know Jesus. Some people come to know Jesus early on in their life and walk with him and find that life has knocks and wobbles and difficulties along the way like the Jews had found, even though they'd been blessed by Abraham. And others come to know God far later on, and they find that actually all of the history that they've been going through is transformed in a moment of knowing Jesus Christ. He is extraordinary, isn't he? It's very easy to put Jesus on the back burner to think he's not that important. But the Bible's view of him is that everything was created through him. And in fact, everything that is, is sustained by the word of Jesus. He is the image of the invisible God, and he is the baby who comes to earth, but he's also the creator of absolutely everything. And everything holds together in him. And when you get to know that creator of the world inside you, it does change everything. That's what Mary had now discovered inside her was the seed of the thing that created the whole of everything living inside her. And down the years, many, many, many generations of people have come to know that they can have a similar and parallel experience. They too can have the Christ living inside them. The great hymn says, you ask me how I know he lives, as in Jesus lives. He lives within my heart. And we too, like Mary, can discover that whatever's been going on for decades or generations or centuries, when Christ comes, everything somehow changes. Even though, for Mary, for the next three decades won't be totally obvious how it's changed. And maybe for you, it's not totally obvious always either. But if God is in you, then God is in you. I'll say that again. If God is in you, 
then God is in you. If God is in you, then God is in you. And one more time, if God is in you, then God is in you. And if God is in you, then that does rather change everything, doesn't it? It changes how you face your Christmas lunch. It changes how you face your career choices. It changes how you face your final breaths. It changes how you face your grief. It changes how you face fading health. It changes how you face loneliness and lostness. Because if God is in you, God is in you. And if God is in you, God is in you. And if God is in you, God is in you. And if God is in you, then God is in you. If God is in you, God is in you. It's changed the whole of eternity. And it changes you today. So can I have a liturgical moment with you to finish? When I say, God is in you, you say, Okay, let's try this. This is the conclusion of the sermon, so give it some gusto. God is in you. God is in you. God is in you. God is in you. Hallelujah. Amen.